Blog Talk Radio. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Afternoon, America. Today is going to be a wonderful day. We have a subject us need to spend a little bit of time talking about, and that is intimacy. So, before this show even gets started, I want to apologize to you guys because I am traveling today, and we're doing this thing live from Bush Intercontinental Airport. Believe it or not. So, with that stated. Typically, when we talk about intimacy and we talk about sex and things like that, it is very difficult at best for us to get past the traditional stuff that has basically held all of us hostage for less of a reason. So as we go into this program today, we're going to avoid getting handicapped or even mentally suffocated by these things that have been less than our friend when it comes to our bedroom and especially connecting with someone that really matters. And that person I'm talking about isn't your significant other, isn't your lover, it isn't your boo, it is you. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get this program started. I know after we, after years of seeking real intimacy and seeking real love, we try everything. Some of us fall in love with a dog. Some of us fall in love with our church. Some of us even fall in love with inanimate objects that go in bedroom drawers. And if you're really weird, probably something that is inflatable. Well, today we're not going to have such a disaster. We're going to talk about love, and we've got a couple of guests that are well-renowned in terms of their expertise in intimacy and sex. And I want to go ahead and have Julia, if our guest on, could you go ahead and bring them on the air and introduce them for me? They are here. I'm very, very happy to have booked and brought on the founders of Tantra Nova, which if you keep listening, you'll see how revolutionary it is. Dr. Elizabeth Moit and Dr. Freddie Zental Weaver, are you there? Hello. We are right here, ready to roll. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing today? Great. Hi, Dr. Young. How are you? Hi, Doctor. Hi, Beautiful um, day. Hi, Freddie. How are you? Man, I'm going to tell you, it is so interesting uh, when you look at life and, and the times in which we live, you would think with all of the things that we see on the Internet, all of the things that we see on uh, television as well as radio, that have something to do with intimacy and romance and all of the, everything you look at has something uh, attached to titillation and eroticism and sensation. But with all of those things taking place, we have yet to get a fulfilling, a validating interaction with another human being. Why do you think that is? And I'll ask you that question, Freddie. Well, you know, Doc, the thing of it is what we're doing with Tantra Nova is expanding the whole idea and definition of sexual energy or sexual connection. So in addition to having fun in the bedroom and falling in love and all of those wonderful things, you know, the marketeers do use sex to titillate and to sell. Uh, what we're advocating and teaching are how to use this intelligent energy to, procre- to create our life. So, um, you know, forever we've been procreating with this energy, you know. Uh, it's just God-given. Uh, and the last hundred or so years, recreating with the development of contraceptives. And what we're talking about, again, is co-creating. So this energy is creative. It, it creates life, and it's pleasurable. When we bring conscious practices to it, as we teach them in our book and in our seminars, creativity and pleasure start showing up in areas of life that seem completely unrelated to sex in the simple process of living. 
when we when we examine that and, and you start talking about creativity, what you all have come up with um, is not so much groundbreaking, but it can be earth-shaking when applied. Tell us exactly how the, your approach to sexuality and to connectivity works. Where does it begin? And give us, how, you know, what is it that we need to do to open ourselves up to even understand this concept? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Young, for the question. So, um, as Freddie already alluded to, there is something to this energy that is our life force energy that is sexual in nature. Uh, without it, none of us would be listening here or speaking here, sharing our views. Um, it brought us into this uh, life. So if that life force energy can bring forth life, then how about if we learn to harness, to become aware of that energy that is creative and pleasurable in nature? As Freddie said, then <clears throat> we can uh, then create ourselves with it in the, in the sense of that we can use that energy and move it through our body, our physical body, our energetic body, up into our heart center. We can use that energy to bring forth our intentions, to fuel our intentions and wishes. So it goes far beyond the bedroom, and of course, in the process, it embellishes our connection with oneself and with a beloved. Wow, there is, there is busyness going on over there with you, Dr. Young. When you say that, one of the things that really uh, gets my attention is you use the word energy. And as we know, energy can never be destroyed. But how do we shift it? And especially emotional energy and cognitive energy, how do these things connect to bring us to a level of awareness and to a level of connectivity that's more significant than where we engage on the form? Sure, Dr. Young, Freddie here. Um, so again, the sexual energy is uh, creative and pleasurable by nature. When we're in it, whether you're doing our workshop, reading our book, or listening to your show, we are more open, loving, vulnerable, receptive, uh, emotionally connected with ourselves or and our partner. Chemically, we change oxytocin's released, endorphins are enhanced, serotonin. Again, so when we bring consciousness to these practices, to, the, to working with our life force, uh, sexual energy, we're more intimately connected to that emotional, energetic body that often is the story that keeps us locked in. Oh, there's no good women, or I'll never find a beloved in my life, or I hate my job, what am I going to do, 30 more years of retirement, all these kind of suffering stories begin to take on a different observation because part of the working consciously with sexual energy involves developing what we call the observer or the witness. That's the meditative state of mind that's watching the story without the uh, unconscious, emotional, energetic attachment to the story. Someone pulls in front of me in the car when I'm driving and I get upset as opposed to listening energetically and I'm watching myself with the story, you know, that guy broke the law or I'm watching my tummy get tight or my back get tight or go into the fight or flight uh, feeling. And now I'm able to shift that consciously and not go there and create something else. So again, it's co-creating with this energy that it becomes an energy that is something that is an ally to us. Again, this energy, sexual energy, was creating life before we as thinking homo sapiens were aware of our own existence. So there is a systemic intelligence, and it's creative, and it's pleasurable. And that does start to show up as we bring consciousness to these practices. And that's what we outline in our book uh, and in our seminars is really how and what are the practices to bring consciousness with the sexual energy. Yeah, and we call that sexual enlightenment. Uh, sexual enlightenment in terms of that we as human beings are self-reflective. So, you know, unlike animals, um, although we are in our wiring, we are just like as animals, however, there's another dimension that we engage with ourselves, with it, which is that we can watch ourselves, as Freddie said, observe ourselves, be self-reflective. You know, for example, um, animals just go into heat just like humans go <laughs> and then they go through the mating process however what's the difference is that the cow won't sit back you know with a cigarette in her hand after they made it 
and say, uh, would say, oh, that was enormously good sex, you know. Um, so because that they are in the moment. Now, what we do love about that orgasmic energy is that we are actually in the moment. We cannot feel an orgasm unless we are in the moment. So this is so precious because we don't have to regret the past at that moment and we don't worry about the future. So it's very relieving. However, it doesn't last that long. You well, know? Let, me, let me ask a quick question because a yeah. lot of people um, miss this boat and I think you're saying something that's just really, really big. What makes us different from our animal counterparts where – Sex has a greater uh, potential for validating and authenticating us as people. What is the, if, if there is a such thing, what is the anchor that makes us different? It's a being aware of our uh, awareness. Awareness is the key. So the moose is walking through the forest and the tree falls. It doesn't kill the moose. Uh, it sees the berries. It eats the berries from the tree. The rain starts to fall. It lifts the snout and drinks the water from the sky and it moves on. The human walks through the forest and the tree falls and it goes, oh, my God, I could have been killed. What would have happened to my 401K, my vacation plans, and so on? And it's raining, too. I've got to make a bridge, you know, as I've got a meeting. Oh, God, why me? We're making up the story. And therein lies the difference in terms of how we interpret and how we experience and what we think and what we feel and the examination and analytical, you know, developed uh, big mind that's the difference in terms of us and animals, the other animals. Yeah, and if we translate that then into our sexual lives and our sexual being and sexual energy. Do you think it's – oh, I'm if, sorry. Just an, oh, another quick question I want to ask you because this okay. is really good. Um, when you do your seminars, where do you find that most of us have our barriers up and where do those barriers come from, Doctor? Okay, so – um, we all uh, have grown up in what we call a certain consciousness. And that consciousness has been around for millennia as far as our sexual self is concerned. And it's been enshrouded with shame, fear, guilt, embarrassment. We all have it. Nobody ex is exempt. Now, some people may have it more, some people may have it less, but we all swim in the same soup. So what we want to bring to people is really a freeing of that relationship with our life force energy that is sexual in nature. And to your question, uh, Dr. Young, it's like that we have our individual stories and histories, you know, what I may have learned in my family about being a woman or, uh, you know, when I entered puberty, how was I introduced to my, uh, let's say, menses, for example, or, you know, how boys and girls learn about sex. There's actually very little learning about it. it it's we learn by road. So there is a lot of unconsciousness around uh, that energy, and that is where we come in bringing consciousness to our sexual self. Yeah, within that consciousness, are there things that you would um, say that we can start doing it just without even having a partner or without having a relationship, but are there things that are available to us uh, that are instinctive or are just innate tendencies that will allow one to start waking up this sexual energy? Absolutely, Dr. Young. One of the first practices that we teach, which are part of the foundational practices to working consciously with this life force of sexual energy, are bringing our awareness to our breath uh, and not sympathetic breathing, which is what we do all the time, not conscious of it, uh, but parasympathetic breathing, which requires us to focus, to visualize the breath coming into the nose, down the trachea, lungs, and extending into our diaphragm and bellies like a big balloon. And we can even do a few breaths. And what it does is allows the individual to get in touch with how busy the mind is and the thoughts that keep running. Uh, the mind doesn't stop, you know, so we have to train ourselves to be the watcher. And then we can start working more consciously with what comes up and how we can work with this life force energy as a way to shift those things in our just everyday life. So I can lead you through a little quick uh, practice if you want. Please do. 
Okay, so your listeners, uh, just sitting on your chair, if you uncross your legs, and just bring your awareness to your breath. Follow with your consciousness the breath coming into your nose, down your trachea, into your lungs, and extending into your belly like a big balloon. You could put a hand on your belly and feel your belly extend as you inhale, as if you were playing Santa Claus, your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Exhaling back up and out, all in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. And again, bringing the awareness to the breath coming into the nose, down the trachea, into your lungs, extending into the belly like a big balloon on your inhalation, exhaling back up and out, all in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. And again, repeating that without my talking. And therein lies the first practice to begin to look at and watch, developing the capacity to be the watcher of our thoughts. And from that watching place, that's the consciousness, we can begin to live into an intention of what we want to create. So then back to your question, how this practice... Something that I find really... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, oh, no, please. How are you feeling after this practice? You, you can tell that there's an invigoration that comes back and an awareness to the gift of just breathing, uh, something that I've always used in speaking in lectures, especially in the, in the collegiate room with graduate students, is I tell my students, I want you to stop taking for granted your next breath. And I think what happens is our life has become so drive-through oriented, so McDonaldized is a term I want to use, that we fail to slow down and be part of the moment. So when you said that, and one thing that when you mentioned the being the witness in your own life, could you elaborate on how we can apply that to our sexuality and to being present when we're uh, experiencing an intimate moment with another person? Yes, I'm building first on how that looks for the individual and then how that looks for the couple. So for the individual, it's really then bringing what we just did, that awareness breathing in, of breathing into the belly, coming to calmness, and that's the space where intimacy arises. Intimacy first and foremost with myself, because if I am not connected intimately with myself, how can I connect with my beloved? So through the belly breath and through watching the breath coming and going, we focus then on breathing energy up from the base of our spine, just like breathing into the belly, into the chest, all the way up into the third eye. And on the exhalation, we breathe down, sending the energetic breath like a trickling water stream down through the torso and out of the base into the seat. And we keep doing this first with non-aroused energy so that the body gets really used to moving the breath and moving energy. Energy can only move with the breath. When we don't breathe, we die. Yeah. So if they go together in dying, that means that we can also make use of the breath in bringing more aliveness to our life force energy. Then when we introduce aroused energy, We breathe that wonderful feeling from our sexual center all the way up into our heart center, which is in the middle of the chest where we experience love, and then further up into the third eye center where we connect with our intuitive self, our spiritual self, and then we send the breath and the energy back down again, the aroused energy. And for uh, men that can have a very beneficial effect with respect to experiencing multiple orgasms. Also, the man can learn how to separate ejaculation from orgasms so that he can sustain his energy. For the woman, it's about reawakening her energy. For both, it's always about moving our wonderful, pleasurable energy up through the body, up into the third eye and back down again. And I also use that practice to imbue my intentions, my wishes, my desires, like when we were writing our book, Sexual Enlightenment. You know, there were moments when I got stuck, when, you know, like writer's block, and 
you know, what are we doing here? Does it make sense at all? I did that practice, enlivened my thoughts uh, with that wonderful, pleasurable, aroused energy, circulating that energy. It brings aliveness to me, and it fuels my intention in that case, writing the book, bringing the message out so people really can get it. Um, so that is for the individual, and then uh, for the couple, darling, do you want to take that with a heart-to-heart connection? Right. So what we can do is as we become conscious of our breath and conscious of this energy, we can start to circulate this energy with our focused mind, intention, and attention, sending on the exhalation, receiving on the inhalation. And we really, when you start working with the higher levels of the orgasmic energy, then you're really able to tune into another level of connectedness with yourself and or your partner. Placing the hand, though, on the center, uh, fourth chakra in the center of the chest, and then the breathing, receiving in, and then sending on the exhalation, really require, really uh, allows a deeper sense of connectedness. Um, and again, these practices can be extended into lovemaking, mutual lovemaking as well. A big factor uh, that's taking place in America now is there's a lot of attention being applied to men's dysfunction and particularly to erectile dysfunction. It is my belief as a clinician that a lot of that dysfunction has been marginalized with a hidden agenda from pharmaceutical companies and that the reason many men suffer what they believe to be impotence is uh, more due to a spiritual problem as well as an emotional and a cognitive problem. Do you feel that this tantric practice can help alleviate those issues and restore function for men? Oh, totally. It is really phenomenal what can be generated and cleared and shifted out of engaging in uh, these practices that we have started to share. Um, so, you know, Dr. Young, we, with, we can affect our being and our body in three ways. One is either mechanically, you know, like rubbing, and, you know, like in everyday life and also in our sexual life. We can affect uh, an aroused state through rubbing our sexual center, genitals, and so forth, or the body, and you know, touching. So that would be mechanical. None is better than the other. There are different ways of generating energy. Like experiencing pleasure is energy aroused, and I'm not uh, not always just like feeling the breeze on the skin of my hand. You know, I even call that a subtle arousal of energy. That doesn't mean that I know, now have an orgasm. Yeah, So, so we can uh, generate uh, and arouse uh, energy either mechanically or chemically, like Viagra, you know. Um, we pop a pill, and then uh, the, the blood uh, flow is increased, and wherever there's more blood flow, there is more liveness and there's more pleasure. The third way of arousing energy is energetically, through the breath, through guiding the breath, through guiding energy, becoming aware of subtle energy that runs through us all the time, and then becoming further aware of sexual aroused energy. And I just want to share an example of the efficacy of the work, the practices uh, uh, on uh, men with ED or, you know, post-prostate surgery, all of that. So I worked with a gentleman uh, a few weeks ago uh, who had prostate surgery, I think it was three or four years ago, and he had tried a lot of things and was recommended to learn about the tantric practice. So he showed up here. And for an hour, we did breathing together. I taught him certain ways of using his pelvic floor muscles. But the most effective um, thing of the whole uh, experience for him 
was to connect with his breath and then guiding his breath throughout this whole body. Now, know that there was no touching of any kind. Neither he was touching him, I was not touching him. There was nothing of that. At the end of the practice, he shared that he felt an arousal and that he hadn't felt like that for a long, long time. So this example shows us that we can, by conscious breathing and by bringing awareness uh, through guidance to our life force energy and channeling it through our body, that our body can feel more alive, aroused, as in this case uh, of uh, this kind. Um, So it's actually quite magical. With uh, attention to the other side of the coin, women have issues that uh, range from postpartum depression to sometimes just all of the problems of normal everyday life that cause them to feel inhibited and anything but romantic, especially after getting up at 5.30 in the morning, dealing with a husband, fixing lunches, kids, fighting traffic, coming back home after nine hours at work and an hour in the commute. What can we do in this area, or what can this do, should I say, to help women regain not only a sense of uh, sexuality, but even just to regain a sense of femininity? Hmm. Hi, Dr. Young. Freddie here. Uh, well, you know, again, these practices have a, a very all-encompassing real-world results as we move through our day, our life. As you mentioned earlier, the emotions have an energy body to them. And the emotion of, oh, my God, I'm so tired, and I hate this thing, and I wish this, and I hope that, it's like the water's falling from the sky, and we go, it's a lousy day, you know. And that's like, okay, if I say so, it's true. I, my, my body may not be producing as much vitamin D, uh, and yet there is a place that I can find that is uh, just the belly breath and an easiness. Um, again, when we bring practices with the sexual energetic connected together, we get more deeply connected to this intimacy into me I see that allows us to access that more frequently in places that seem completely, again, unrelated to sex. Um, So these practices do have a very real-world results in the very things you mentioned in terms of uh, the anxiety and the upsets that happen for people in in our everyday life. It's uh, being present in the moment. Yes, yeah, specifically for the woman, it's connect, for her it's connecting her sexual center, which in Sanskrit is called yoni, Y-O-N-I. Yoni means sacred space. You know, who got raised of us women with the notion of our sexual center as a sacred space, you know, that I'm getting introduced to? I don't think so that many got introduced like that. But so for us women, it's really connecting with our yoni center, our sacred space, and breathing our energy up from the sacred space up into our heart center where love resides. For women, often there is a disconnect, particularly after childbirth, where all their intimate connection goes out to the child. There's very little left for the relationship with her beloved And at first she wants to connect with herself and breathe into herself and connect her sexual center with her love center. And then for the partner, it's really great to learn how he can connect with her so that she feels held, that there are no demands, and that they breathe together in and out because that is the way how the couple really comes together and becomes one And in that oneness, we feel heard, we feel that we are listened to each other, and we feel connected. And that is what opens up feminine energy. Do you think that there are times that men and women tend to put so much pressure on things that really don't matter, such as presentation, performance? Uh, living up to some self-imposed standard that they lose sight of the real meaning and the value of intimately connecting with another person? Absolutely. Um, Again, when we start to bring consciousness in a loving uh, embrace, 
what is what's available to us is this connection that's beyond the thinking you know we're just again we're so in our left brain and we're so in our as you said performance and, and conscious thinking that when we just let that go what's available to us is what oftentimes the animals see you know like you leave a dog at home all day in the hot room and you come home and he's like so glad to see you man let's go out for a walk you know and that that kind of just no mind is where there's so much peace but then we do have this consciousness so we can focus our attention into creating what we want which is an easiness around the anxiety about performance or about oh she doesn't love me or oh it's not like it was or all the things that we start thinking about that get in the way of just being in the moment so practicing being in the moment through just the belly breath, you saw how still for a few moments we were just watching the thoughts. That becomes more accessible as we continue to practice that. And then it becomes really real-world results when we get anxious and you know, uh, depressed about or wishing something or spin on a spin around something that is not giving us a, a pleasant you know, uh, experience or more pleasant easiness, if you will. And the aging process, likewise, plays a factor, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to take a quick 45-second break. This is Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Yao, and we'll be right back in about 45 seconds. Young, and we're back coming to you live from Houston, Texas at Bush International. We are having a conversation that will help you to stop being held hostage by a lack of intimacy. Often we confuse connectivity, sex, and all of these things that make us human with lesser functions in our psyche. We start getting inundated with the things that we see on TV, things that pharmaceutical companies suggest, and especially with women, body image becomes this huge factor because there is a hypocritical standard in America that we put one thing out in our marketing and we put another thing out in our media. But what's really going on in terms of uh, body image and awareness and self-perception has hindered most people in, in many cases almost uh, taken certain people hostage and even wanting to feel that they can participate what is a what is normal in terms of sexuality. When you guys are doing your workshops, what are some of the things that tend to come up uh, that are most frequent that can let the, our listeners, especially our listeners, uh, I know in Europe and in the Virgin Islands and the Caribbean, people really don't have body image hang-ups. They tend to be more realistic about views of self and self-image. What do you see when you're working with couples that um, I guess are creating blind spots in terms of self-perception and self-image? So often the self-image is not something that got created today or in this moment. It is often laden with interpretations and decisions that the person made a long time ago, usually as a child. Um, and so that just gets reinforced in the present moment by the way how that person may look at him, himself or herself. So what the beauty is in our work is that, that people really get guided and inspired to start listening to their inner self because then we stop looking at the external appearance because energy shows up in everybody and anybody. You know, uh, if I'm big, if I'm small, if I'm tall, if I'm short, uh, it doesn't matter. There's energy, life force energy running through all of us. Once we learn to connect with that inner spirit, that inner life force, 
Now, I'm not saying that this happens overnight. However, then we can actually be the listener of ourselves and tune with ourselves and harmonize with ourselves. And in that place, people actually really feel at home. And uh, through the practices, we also have very particular healing practices this, that allows that allow people to let go of these, you know, old interpretations um, and decisions that they may have made when they were younger, um, and releasing. So in the releasing, you know, there is a freedom showing up. There is space to create oneself in. And um, so when the person who comes with an image of herself or himself that is not beneficial um, and that doesn't work for them any longer, then they really come back to their what we call the original frequency they are meant to be, and which means, you know, they feel comfortable with themselves. Uh, and we also train this in, you know, with couples that they see each other in tune with each other's energy versus going for the external, you know, carrot, like looking, I have to look a certain way. So that opens up again intimacy with oneself and intimacy with each other. When you started writing this book, uh, there had to be some inspiration. What was it? Well, you know, at the core of our work, it's really about, you know, uh, it doesn't sound like it has anything to do with peace on earth, but as we begin to bring consciousness to ourselves, we then start to have an effect on our immediate environment, our coworkers, our children, our beloveds, the people in our life, and that has a waving effect, you know. Um, so really, uh, that's really the core. That's really been our inspiration. Elizabeth and I met. 13 years ago, and she was on her own journey in terms of personal growth. She was in international business consulting. I was in corporate America in the software business and the marketing side of that. And we both were on our own journey. And when we met, we, um, we pooled our resources and created this work, which we've been doing you know, over the last 13 years with thousands of couples and individuals all over the world now. But it really completes us individually. It's like we transcended the, the romantic drama by creating a, a vehicle that allows us to authentically bring forth the things that we love to do, that we do well, that have an effect in the world. It's like if I listen to that internal joy of what I love to do, if I said, I don't want to teach anybody, I don't want to be anybody, around anybody, I just want to garden, I love gardening, I would garden with such love and enthusiasm, someone would pass by my flowers and be inspired. And that's the kind of systemic um, positive effect that we have when we come from the inside, not the outside in, but inside out in that internal listening. Yet most of us live in a suffering sort of rationalized conversation. You know, hate my job, but what am I going to do 30 more years of retirement? So to begin to shift those conversations uh, and the way that we listen to ourselves is really what prompted me to want to write the book and keep doing this work. One thing that I was very fascinated by was I was looking at some uh, some video content, and I'm not sure if it was Showtime or HBO, but when I was looking at the content, you guys had some workshops that were really enlightening. Could you kind of tell us what goes on in those workshops? Because I uh, seldom, as you guys well know from our conversation this weekend, seldom do I endorse or recommend that someone try a product, see a clinician, or attend a workshop but you all are doing something that I found to be quite transformative, and I strongly advocate that people come and engage your workshop and attend it. I strongly support the work that you do with your written as well as your visual content. Tell us about these workshops and tell us what people could expect to gain from attending and participating. Yeah, you were speaking about these clips, um, the episodes we were on uh, with Dr. Laura Berman on Showtime a few years ago, and we were guiding couples who came to that uh, show, to this documentary, uh, you know, with some problem, some concern, some lostness in themselves or in the relationship. And uh, we work with people 
so that they can reconnect with themselves and then with each other. And uh, there are very particular healing practices. We call them sexual healing practices that we teach. There's one dedicated to the masculine energy, the male, and the other one is dedicated to the feminine energy, the woman. And um, so, uh, and in these clips and also in our workshops here uh, in Chicago and around the country, um, we teach people, individuals and couples, how they can heal themselves in, we could say, you know, of their sexual and love, um, you know, just breakdowns uh, they may experience. Uh, and so the healing for the woman is designed so that the woman can reconnect with her luscious, wonderful feminine energy, and the partner learns in the giver role. So he's there without any agenda. These practices are not about having sex, are also not about being extremely sexual. If orgasmic energy arises, it's wonderful. Uh, however, we don't go for it. In this giver and receiver role setup, certain things show up that cannot arise uh, when we do uh, are in mutual love making, you know where we give and receive back and forth, which is wonderful. However, these practices we teach allow couples and men and women to go deeper into themselves and to open up more deeply to each other. And we teach these practices in our workshops. We have one workshop. It's for both men and women, singles and couples. That's dedicated to mask. Uh, dedicated to masculine energy, and then we have uh, the you know the other book end, which is uh, dedicated to the feminine energy. Again, it's for couples and singles, and men and women, and we always gender balance. So, you know, if someone comes as a single, they can uh, pair up with another single. Now, I also want to be very clear: there's no nudity in our workshop. Of workshops. It's a safe space where people can learn uh, about themselves and also, you know, really learn in, in action about relationship, about what it means to listen to one's sexual self, uh, and also be empowered to, you know, face any addictive behavior or obsessive behavior or you know, when we suppress our energy. Um, so to clear that so that we can come more fully into ourselves. We also teach these workshops at Esalen, Big Sur in California, a beautiful retreat place a couple of times per year, and Kripalu in western Massachusetts, a huge yoga retreat center uh, over New Year's, so there are many places. And of course, we also, Dr. Young, have DVDs. So if people are not ready or are not able to join us uh, at a live workshop, they can also get our home study course. And all of that, of course, is on our website, uh, tantranova.com. Uh, By the way, we also have a gift for your listeners. Uh, which they can pick up on our homepage. Uh, and the gift uh, includes 10 practices, and uh, there are some practices that we can uh, do by ourselves and then some practices uh, with a beloved uh, or a partner. You know, not, it doesn't always have to be a beloved. However, it's particularly beautiful with a beloved. I think that is uh, awesome. As, and one thing I want to urge the listeners is that this is something that will not only transform your life, but it will bring another level of awareness to things that are probably just very present that you're overlooking. The, um, the appearance on Dr. Berman's show was, uh, was just very, I found it to be very engaging as well as enlightening. But what I found most effective was your presentation. Do you find that working together as a couple and, and it, it takes, I guess, kind of gets the lines uh, much easier for other people across because there's a difference between when it's Dr. Moyd and it's Dr. Weaver versus Freddie and Elizabeth. When you look mm -hmm. at uh, um, helping the single person, 
to connect, what would you say is something that would be liberating? Because I know I'm a single guy, and it's like I'm married to my practice more than anything else and to working with, you know, all these networks and with uh, individuals and couples. So I don't have the time that I would like to have, but I do want to have the information, and I do want to have the ability to, uh, when the time is permitting, make such a connection as you've uh, expressed in the book, Sexual Enlightenment. What would you, um, what would you suggest that for a single person to do in terms of utilizing the materials that you have available? Get the book. <laughs> Read the book. Uh, even if you're in a uh, relationship, committed relationship or not, we still do our own work. Um, I do believe that when we are in relationship, there's something that we can see about ourselves that we otherwise wouldn't see, and yet we still do our own work. Like whenever I get upset about something that Elspeth does, that's my upset, and for me to be with that. So it's like to really let the ego go and get look at what's there for me, and then I can from that place make a request. So those are some very real-world practical um, results from this work. But in terms of creating relationship, if that's what you want, get the book, <laughs> Sexual Enlightenment, because there are practices in there that you can do individually with yourself or and with a partner, um, and they will begin to bring light to what one wants to create, whether that is be in relationship or be comfortable with not being in relationship or create a relationship how you want it to be, open, closed, you know, uh, polyamorous, or whatever it might be. Uh, let me ask this uh, specifically to Dr. Elspeth. Uh, one thing that I have is a significant uh, a portion of single moms that are my clients that are coming out of, uh, of some of, some of them are coming out of horrendous situations. Others, they've just been in these jaded marriages. They finally expire, and now this woman wakes up. And in my opinion, and the best part of life is when you're 40, you're mature and and even 50, you're just now waking up and knowing who and what you are and what you want and why you want it. What is a message that you would give to women that are now uh, coming into that place of self-awareness? They may be about to be empty nesters or just for the first time being able to focus on self as opposed to everyone else. Oh, wow, what a great question. So, Dr. Young, I also teach workshops for women only, and I call them exploring the p power of the divine feminine um, because there's like, you know, moms, they take care of kids, uh, they work. I mean, they are just like on, on, and on, uh, which means that we are more in our masculine selves, which we don't want to throw out with the bathwater. <clears throat> However, in the process, we lost the connection with our feminine self. And feminine is not the pretty thing. That's not what I'm talking about. The feminine is a certain quality where we are connected with our intuitive, with our luscious self, with flow, with playfulness. Um, you know, when we contrast feminine and masculine, or like the polarities, uh, there it's like the feminine is the creative, the playful, uh, the joyous, the masculine is the grounded, the focused, you know, the linear. And that doesn't just show up separately in one in women and the other one in men. It shows up in all of us because we all have testosterone and estrogen within us. So when a woman, you know, in her 40s and 50s uh, comes to herself, is a wonderful opportunity to connect with her aliveness both not just on the sexual level, but also on the heart level. And sometimes there are constrictions in the way, and then to clear them. So, um, of course, you know, they can come to Chicago. I have a workshop in June, June 21st and 20... Uh, no, wait a minute. When is that June workshop? 21st and 22nd. Yes, it's a weekend workshop. We have a little B&B &B as part of the the Institute, so if people come from out of town they can stay with us and it's an immersion into the connection with the divine feminine on all levels the physical sexual uh, the emotional love level and the spiritual intuitive level 
I want to pose that same question to you, Dr. Weaver, for men. Um, as we know, we live in a society now that people, I've had everybody on my show from people talking about polyamory, uh, which for those that aren't familiar with that term, is not polygamy. It's when people decide to be in a committed relationship or non-committed, but they elect to say, you know what, love who you want to love as long as you come back to me. And then we have people that are living alternative lifestyles, and we, and we have traditional uh, couples. Do you think that there is a stretch that we have to make to be more permeable to accepting other people's views on intimacy and sexuality? And if so, how do you suggest that those of us that are clinicians, even those in clergy, go about making such a step in embracing these new attitudes about intimacy and about sexual behavior? Right. Um, well, you know, Doctor, I think that it's important for us to first tune into what's right for us as individuals and then go about creating our life thusly. Um, as for each of us as individuals to have the uh, capacity to be with whatever comes up around what you think or feel about what someone else is doing and then choose whether you want to or not to participate. Again, it comes back to these practices of intimacy and really getting what's right for you and having room and space for the other. And again, there's an emotion attached to that, and there's a morality attached to that, and there's a conversation and, and all of these uh, agendas and so on. And all of that's a byproduct of that left brain um, you know, strategic thinking, which is important for us. And yet there has to be uh, the ongoing practices, as we outline them in the book, that allow us to have and create the, the ability and capacity to allow us to give room to those others who have different views of what's right for them. I mean, if they aren't hurting people uh, and the people that they participate with are willing partners, then there's nothing there except our own upset, which is an energy body to it. So how do we deal with that? And again, coming back to the practice in, practices in the book in a very real-world results way, finding that belly breath, if you will, around these things that can be so upsetting, and then tuning into what's correct and right for us. And that's the best, I think, that any of us can do. Well, I know that there's so much information that has been shared today that I want to make sure that our listeners have an opportunity to connect with you. So give us a, a phone number if that, and a website and the next event that you have happening. And, again, America, I really want to advocate that um, this is a very rare and beautiful gift, not only for you to give to someone else, but just to give to yourself. Because what I have found from uh, Dr. Moit and, and uh, Freddie Weaver is, just a rewarding and refreshing revisitation to the part of ourselves that we have lost a very uh, spiritual as well as a very cognitive connection to. So how can the, everyone reach you guys? Thank you. Uh, so through our website, tantranova.com, T-A-N-T-R-A-N-O-V-A.com, Tantra Nova. Our phone number in Chicago Central Time is 773-525-5006. Again, that's 773-525-5006. Going to the homepage, you can find the book there right on the homepage. <clears throat> and then also the free practices. Uh, you can opt in in the right upper hand corner. And right underneath, <clears throat> no, sorry about that, uh, is our home study course. So all these resources are, you know, totally available right then and there on the homepage, tendranova.com. And the workshops that are coming up uh, here in Chicago are a one-day Creating Intimacy and Love seminar on April 26th. <clears throat> or a three-day uh, workshop uh, is called Fulfillment, Vitality, and Pleasure with a focus on the masculine energy for men and women, couples and singles. That's May 16th through 18th. And then the uh, 
a bookend, the other bookend to that workshop where we focus on the feminine energy, Secrets to Lasting Intimacy workshop, comes up in July 18th through 20th. So, and then, of course, for couples, our workshop at Esalen, June 8th through 13th. So, and it's all laid out uh, on our workshop uh, list uh, on the website tantranova.com. Well, I am so grateful to uh, have you, Elizabeth and uh, Freddie, to have you guys on the show today. I definitely want to revisit this um, and and transit and in travel. There was no way that I wanted to rob our public of the offerings that you have to share. I think that it's transformative as well as life-changing, and I strongly advocate again, America, that you definitely visit this website, that you pick up that book, and uh, not only is it going to just make your life better, in many ways I think it can bring transformation to your life. So with that said, I want to thank you guys for being on the show, and we welcome you back at any time. Thanks, Dr. Young. Thank you so much for having us, Dr. Young. All right. God bless you both. All right. Before we get out of here today, the one thing that I want to say is that if we lose connection to ourselves, how in the dickens are we going to connect to other people? Most of us want to find, uh, and many what we term to be a soulmate or the love of our lives. But in order to find a soulmate, I think it would probably be uh, beneficial to be in contact with your own soul. And your soul is that place where everything that you've experienced, everything that you've learned, everything that you know comes in contact with a greater portion of yourself. So let's do take a note out of that book, and let's take the – and I'm going to say the book again. It's Sexual Enlightenment. And if you want to get the spelling right, it's uh, Freddie Zentel Weaver. That's F-R-E-D-D-Y-Z-N-T-A-L Weaver. And, and Lisbeth's name, and I know that I am going to really mess this up, but it's spelled E-L-L-S-B-E-T-H, and the last name is M-E-U-T-H. So Google that, do your homework, visit them, and change your life today. Now, a little bit of housekeeping. I will be back with you guys Sunday evening at 7.30 Central Standard Time, 8.30 Eastern Time, 5.30 Pacific Time. You do not want to miss that show. And I am on my way to sunny Florida, so I will see you Floridians there probably in about a couple of hours. But this has been another episode of Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Oh, one thing before I go. I have to tell you, if you cannot afford to get the coaching services you want, or let's say you have someone that uh, really is in need of that help to get life back on track, to get that relationship on track, or get over uh, the hurt and pain from detachment, go to Facebook and go to D. Ivan Young. It's pronounced Yvonne, but it's spelled Ivan, D. I-V-A-N, Y-O-U-N-G, and enter our social media contest because if you can't afford it, you just may be blessed to win it. So definitely engage that contest. We're giving away everything from a five-week couples therapy, intense workshop, um, for, and it includes the diagnostic testing. It includes all the coaching and all the other materials that you'll need. And then we're going to do something for a single. So if it's you trying to just figure out what do I need to do to get my life back on track and get me together, you can win that. There's also going to be access to a webinar. So if you love Oprah's Life class or you looked at uh, Yala, Please Change My Life, being part of that workshop will definitely have an impact on your life. And then if you don't get that, you can at least win our self-help package, which includes the best-selling book, Break Up, Don't Break Down, the book, Another Chance, Where Would You Be Without One, as well as the guided meditation CD. And if you don't win that, you can at least win a Master Visa gift card, which can help you to go and take somebody that you really care about out to dinner, pick up that birthday gift or that anniversary present. So there's lots of goodies out there, but you can't win if you don't enter. So go to Facebook or go to the website, Dr. DeVonYoung.com and enter. It won't cost you a thing. There's no hidden agenda. But we just want to give back to you because you've been so good to us. With that said, we love you. There's nothing we, you can do about it. And we will talk to you again Sunday night, 730 here at Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Have an awesome day. We love you. See you Sunday. Bye now. <laughs>